Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Are you caring for an aging loved one? Are you a senior searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you, providing information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. And now, America's Senior Care Consultant, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, your Senior Care Consultant. Thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. We have an excellent program for you here today. We'd like to introduce Bruce Glenn. He's the CIO and owner of the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. And Bruce, welcome back to Senior Care Live. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be back again. All right. So this one, uh, this this topic is near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking today about protecting our seniors from fraud. And obviously, you work in the financial world. Uh, you've unfortunately, you've probably seen quite a bit of this. We have, and uh, there's a lot of case studies that we see reported throughout our industry. And unfortunately, seniors are certainly a big target. Um, actually, you know, in, in 2021, Steve. The FBI reported that uh, there was a 74% increase in abuse stealing from seniors age 60 and over mm-hmm. versus 2020, and reports are obviously even worse this year. So it's it's not a good situation at all. So that's that's interesting. So that's uh, we I think we typically would refer to that in legal terms as uh, elder financial abuse. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so elder abuse can come in many forms. This one would surprise most people because I think and I don't I can't recite the statistics off the top of my head but way more often than not this comes from the inner circle families family members neighbors you know, close friends just taking advantage of someone it it is disgusting to me yeah and I would agree with that I think in the uh, you know going back a ways it would certainly have been a lot more prevalent with people that they were familiar with but, you know, there's so much more going on now from the Internet and phone and so on and so forth. And, you know, seniors, you know, 
you have to kind of ask, well, why are they such a big target? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, think about it. They're the largest growing population in our society. And so there's just a big, just the numbers purely is this big part of that. But, you know, our seniors have a different mindset than the younger generations. Um, you know, they're more fearful of risk. But ironically, uh, they also uh, tend to be more trusting at the same time. So they're more apt to pick up that phone call and maybe say something they shouldn't say. Yeah. Um, you know, they're definitely more susceptible to physical abuse and mental abuse as well. Like you said, it could be from inner circle of friends and family and people they, they would know and trust. Okay. And yeah, yeah, you're right. So seniors would tend to trust uh, authority figures. Right. Uh, I believe what my doctor tells me. Uh, where I believe what my doctor tells me, but I also have some a healthy dose of skepticism or maybe just a lot more questions. <laughs> and maybe I need a lot more information to fully trust you know, what I'm being told. Well, uh, seniors just have a, a blanket trust for with their doctors and maybe with their financial people, maybe, again, with that inner circle. Uh, but also like what you mentioned, though, that this this the inner circle is one thing but just falling victim to a scam is is quite another so can financial institutions uh, help protect individuals against fraud well it certainly can we we have best practices that we use in our team in our firm and so you know just give you a couple ideas there one is communicating to folks letting them know hey this is really happening a lot and you know the criminals are beginning you know they're becoming more and more sophisticated all the time uh, so we like to make sure we communicate scams are out there, and we'll, uh, we do a lot of education events and seminars, and we also have a newsletter and some things like that to kind of help put these out there. But, you know, they have to insist that our clients call us if they have any kind of financial matter that doesn't seem quite right. Even if it's not financial, if something comes out, it, it hits you in the mailbox or the phone or whatever, if it doesn't seem right, give us a call and we'll check on it. You know, often we'll even go as far as helping clients with like big transactions because that, that's, you know, there's some transactions out there that some criminals are getting a hold of that can totally wipe somebody's financial future out. And uh, but another thing we do is we'll confirm like when a client calls and if they and, and anybody's financial advisor should do this or the bank should do this for them. If they're calling us for a withdrawal request or to change beneficiaries, for example, we want to first of all, if it's financial withdrawal request, even you know, we never accept it from a an email, for example. Yeah. Even if they call us, we're going to call them back and say, I "Apologize, Steve, we're going to call you back in just a couple of minutes, and we'll call them back from the number we have on file, and then we're going to ask some identifying questions, you know, date of birth, social security number, mm-hmm. maybe some personal questions, make sure we really know who we're talking about, and then we document that, make sure we're covering ourselves so we don't have some kind of a an issue, and that's something that's happened a lot in our industry. Is there's been, you know, people in our industry that have been, uh, you know, somebody will have spoofed their email. That's probably not the correct term, but they will take over no, their email. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and then they will um, intercept things coming back, and they will read through those emails, and they will know that somebody on a regular basis, maybe they request money from their financial institution, uh, and then they do it, and they they change the wiring instructions or the or change just enough so the money goes to them. Mm. And they'll even change the email. Maybe they'll put a period in there. A lot of things they can do to, to take that over and, and make you know, a wreck of somebody's financial world. Well, and so talking about the, the emails, I'm always shocked to where, I mean, I, I get a ton of emails uh, every day like everyone does. Some emails are from my email account. Right. And so, but then if you go a little bit further, 
it looks like it's my email account, but it's some, you know, Gmail or Yahoo, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you if you dig down a little bit deeper, it is from my email account, but I they don't have access to it, so I don't know exactly how you do it, but uh, I think the point is that these crooks are getting they're getting pretty good at at doing all of the negative things that they do and that includes stealing money and assets from our seniors yeah absolutely the seniors like they're most vulnerable group amongst us just because they do tend to be more trusting and not as apt to go through and vet out the situation as much you know and one other thing I'll, i'll touch on as far as what we do internally we like to make sure we have a trusted contact on file for all of our clients and if a a situation comes up it could just be that we can't get a hold of them you know they've given us permission ahead of time of somebody we can contact if we have a problem or maybe they've been in our office and you know maybe we haven't seen them for six months or a year since their last review and they seem kind of foggy maybe they're asking the questions multiple times or something like that might be concerned and so you have to really be proactive with making sure that they really know what's going on, and a lot of times we'll ask if uh, siblings might be able to come with them, or not, or you know some other family member that they trust in those type cases. Okay, so all of these steps that you first of all, I really appreciate that you are taking steps to uh, truly identify someone. Uh, you have identifying questions, just like uh, you know, if if I'm trying to get into my online uh, account, I may have to ask some secret questions that I've set up. My mother's maiden name, right? You know, where you know my state or my city of birth. You know, things that some of these crooks are probably not going to know about. So I, I love that you have that set up for your clients. And uh, I also love that you have uh, set up, you know, a, another person to call to verify, you know, is, is, is this going, you know, is, is this a proper transaction or not? Um, I just, I love that. Is that normal or, or is this just something that you and your team have implemented? So our, our firm that backs us up, Commonwealth Financial Network, our broker dealer, they've got a lot of great best practices. We add on a few on top of that. Some of the things I mentioned were some above and beyond, but we just want to make you know sure now Commonwealth, for example, and there's a lot you know most of the big financial services teams out there and brokers out there will have really good IT and, and encryption services. Okay. And unfortunately, that's the fastest growing department uh, because <laughs> it's such a big need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then is having a debit card uh, a, a safe option? Uh, or, or is that is that a good idea at all? You know, I, I don't have a debit card myself, and I don't recommend it. The debit card, if someone was to leave their debit card at a restaurant or lose it or get pickpocketed, somebody could literally wipe their account out. And the process of going back getting that money replaced, if you can get it replaced, it could take so long that you could have multiple checks bounced, you could have your credit uh, destroyed. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad things can happen with a debit card as opposed to a credit card. You know, with a credit card situation, you've got some protection there. You know, you may identify the fact that it's not a, a good transaction. Call your credit card company. You know, you're going to review the amount you're going to pay them each month or however your, your system is. Mm-hmm. And then they can go back and they, most credit card companies, as far as I know, uh, will give you a fraud protection out there. So yep. they'll, they'll back you up and, and you won't be reliable. And a credit card is just that. It's against your credit. You have a line of credit. You can pay the thing off every month. You do have a lot of protection versus your debit 
account, I mean, that's coming straight out of your checking account. Like you said, that could get you in big time trouble. If you like what you hear, if your financial advisory firm does not take all of these steps to keep you and your loved ones safe, I would recommend reaching out to the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. Here's the phone number, and this is good for all around the nation, 913-563-7327. And now the Senior Care Live question of the week. People have to be part of the digital world for financial transactions. Is that statement true or false? The answer coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more with Steve coming up next. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, go to SeniorCareLive.com. Right back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. People have to be part of the digital world for financial transactions. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... False. The answer is false. And Bruce, why is that false? Well, and unfortunately, in this day and age, um, more and more companies want to work virtually. But you can push back on that. Uh, I do a lot of real estate transactions as well. And I refuse to have funds wired if I'm selling something. And I'm not going to wire if I'm buying something either. I want certified funds. And just because there's been way too many, and we can get into that a little bit later, but there's been way too many bad situations there. But you can, you know, insist on cashier's check, you can, instead of, uh, you know, we offer DocuSign in this type of a process, and most folks are good with that. But if somebody's not tech savvy, I don't want them to feel buffaloed into doing this just because that's what the company's trying to make them do. Yeah. You know, you can still come in and sign stuff with most companies face-to-face, or maybe, they, like, we'll have our, our advisors or team maybe go out to somebody's home, mm-hmm. go through paperwork that way if we need to, or pick up a check. You can still use snail mail, although I would suggest if you're sending anything, uh, you do it by registered mail. No uh, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that I think the uh, execution level of the post office has been a little bit troublesome since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's a really good point is that, you know, maybe it's convenience to DocuSign. It, it, you, there's a lot of convenience to that. I do it all the time. But my mom is 79. She's a pretty young 79. But she technology, forget it. Right. <laughs> so if you told her, well, you have to do all that, she would just say, well, I am just not going to do it. So it's good to know that you can push back and ask for someone to come to your home, home where you can actually sign papers and, and have a witness to that. You can ask for a check rather than a wire transfer. Anything electronically can be hijacked. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, a lot of most everybody's trying to go to a more of a paperless society. And so we'll offer that to our clients if they want to have their statements paperless. Yeah confirmations, these type things. But uh, if they don't, we certainly have paper statements available. And even if you're going to have paperless, I always recommend that you do keep a most recent statement in your files at home in case something were to happen, your loved ones would kind of know how to find what you've got. Because if it's out there in the cyber world and they don't know how to get to it, they may not know your passcodes, yep. mm-hmm. then you've got loss of information out there also, which can, in some cases, be just as bad. Oh, that that's a very good point. 
speaking today with Bruce Glenn from the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas. He's the CIO and owner. You can reach out to Bruce and the great wealth planning team at Infinitas, 913-563-7327. And Bruce, uh, obviously you're based in the Kansas City area, but you work with clients nationally. Yeah, we travel coast to coast and border to border throughout the the year every year. So, uh Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So uh, should someone have a financial power of attorney assigned? So, and I'm not an attorney, so if I misspeak, don't shoot me. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do like to insist and make sure that our clients all have estate planning uh, set up. We've got an estate planning attorney on staff. Um, but those usually, again, include a universal HIPAA. Your power of attorney, your health care directive, your pour over will, your trust if you need a trust, your regular will, these type things. But the power of attorneys, you've got to be careful into what uh, what authorities are you granting and for how long you're granting those authorities. And then in what case does it get enacted? You know, if you're going into a hospital and you're just gone for two days, that, that shouldn't be something that somebody could, you know, get a power of attorney and, and wipe you out. But if something were to happen and you're in a coma for a long time or, heaven forbid, something else, then you need to have some documents in place where people can act on your behalf, someone you've trusted and set up in that type of situation. And someone you trust. That I think that's the key. I've heard way too many horror stories about this. Uh, one of them was a, a man, and he trusted his son. You would think you should be able to trust your son. I would hope so. Uh, yeah. But not always, <laughs> as this guy found out the hard way. And again, inner circle. Right. Uh, but he had a power of attorney document. and uh, but, but his power of attorney read that he had to be become incapacitated uh, for that power of attorney to become legal to where his son could uh, uh, speak for him and make financial transactions for him on his behalf. Well, so this gentleman goes into the hospital, has surgery. Uh, you know, it, it it went fine, but you know he was he was pretty laid up for a few days, and he was there for maybe a total of about a week. Well, so his son saw that as an opportunity. While dad's laid up in the hospital getting getting a surgery, went into his house, just cleaned everything out. Well, wow. took all the money out of his bank account, everything else. So clear elder financial abuse. Uh, clearly uh, did not follow uh, that his power of attorney did not authorize him to do that because his dad was not incapacitated. He was just in the hospital. Right. And and so so now his dad, if he wants his all of his stuff back now, he has to sue his own son. He's heartbroken because his son did this to him and he has to hire an attorney. I mean, it's a big, giant mess. So listen up. If you grant anyone the power of attorney to speak for you on your behalf and financial transactions, you had better be prepared to trust that person. And if you do not trust them 100% without a shadow of a doubt, they should not be granted that power of attorney, period. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and kind of along that line, and I mentioned, mentioned this a little bit earlier, but in our industry where we meet with folks face-to-face and sometimes they'll have family come in with them, and we like to have the family come in, but I've seen situations or heard of situations where that family is trying to manipulate and get mom or dad or whoever to maybe do get coerce them into doing some things, changing beneficiaries or, you know, mm-hmm. making a loan uh, to them. You know, and that's something I always want to recommend, too, is if you are in a situation where you're going to loan money out to a family member or a friend, 
if they were calling me and if I'm involved in the situation, I would want to say, well, do you have documents in place for the repayment of this? Is yep. this going to happen or is it just angel money? Because I want to make sure they understand, especially if they can't afford to really you know, loan that money out. Well, if it's a handshake, you might as well just plan on not getting that money back. Absolutely. Uh, now, you, you might get it back, but there, there's nothing holding them uh, to – there's nothing requiring them to pay you back if it's a handshake. Correct. That's why I would always make sure you have some kind of an agreement in place. So what about people uh, making purchases and, and paying for that purchase up front? You know, that's something we're seeing more and more of. And unfortunately, because of COVID and the supply chain problems, a lot of times you have to really you know, do some down payment up front. But be really careful if you're paying anything up front. I would try and avoid it and keep as little as possible and never pay all the money up front until you get your services or products delivered. That's just a bad practice if you do that. Okay. All right. And then uh, any other thoughts? I think uh, on the break you said you had a couple of couple of stories. Yeah. You know, the one thing we're seeing a lot of is email uh, takeovers where there, there's – we kind of talked about this. They're spoofing the email. They're seeing what somebody traditionally does. They may even, um, you know, mock up some statements like they're from your bank or oh from institutional that you know because they know you're doing business with them. Yeah. And they'll take a statement and make it look really similar to that and change the number or a routing number or a wiring number or an address or whatever they can do and then and then you know contact you and and con you into you know sending funds their direction that's one that we see a lot of all right that is uh, and again the bad guys are getting really good at this stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah unfortunately they're getting very good <laughs> very good uh mr bruce glenn he's the cio and owner of the glenn team wealth planning at infinitos at 913-563-7327 and bruce thanks so much uh, for touching on this topic really important stuff thank you you bet steve good to see you again thank you all right we'll have more coming up next you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network have a question visit seniorcarelive.com stick around we'll have more with steve coming up next welcome back you're listening to senior care live on the senior care broadcasting network for podcasts of the program, go to SeniorCareLive.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just want to say thanks again to my friend Bruce Glenn. He is a great guy. Uh, he is the CIO and owner of the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitos. He's located here in the Kansas City area, but do not worry. He works, he and his team, they work with clients literally all around the entire country. So here's the phone number. I would write it down. And if if, if your financial advisor is not taking all of the extra steps that Bruce mentioned uh, to keep your information safe, to keep your money safe, I would reach out to Bruce at 913-563-7327 and just request a, you know, a, a phone call. Obviously, that is a phone call, but you can visit with him by phone, maybe ha- set up a virtual meeting. Uh, but again, Bruce Glenn with the Glenn Team Wealth Planning at Infinitas, 913-563-7327. They go to extensive lengths to keep their clients safe, to look after them. Uh, they have They have all of the kind of the 
the backup identity uh, identifiers. Uh, they have someone else that they would contact on your behalf. Uh, they're just they're really really trying to keep you uh, and your money very very safe. And I I think I really appreciate all of the work that they do uh, to get that done. All right. So last week I talked a little bit about CCRCs, and over over time I I, I touch on a lot of this stuff uh, from time to time. But the thought that I would review today some pricing. And uh, so if you're driving, hang on to your wheel. Please don't uh, uh, don't 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 wreck your car in a ditch. <laughs> you know, once I you talk about some of the prices on on some of these senior care communities, uh, if you're uh, if you're drinking your coffee, please don't choke on your coffee or or your breakfast <laughs> when uh, when when I'm talking about these things. But uh, let's start at that at that entry point in independent living, and I, I'm, I'll just do a kind of a a brief definition and then talk about the money side of things. Uh, you know, last week I talked about continuing care retirement communities that have all of the above independent living, assisted living, long-term care. Uh, talked about rental only options as well as entrance fee options. And, uh, and, and like I had mentioned last week, at some point I will break that down uh, into a lot more detail, but, but let's, let's just start off with independent living. So, uh, I mentioned last week that independent living is not a place that provides care. There's no licensure for independent living. And yes, I understand there is a small uh, kind of gray area in there that I'll touch on in just a second. But independent living is, uh, you know, most of the inventory would be apartments, nice apartments, fairly spacious you could also get small ones as well Uh, sometimes they are villas like freestanding villas maybe duplexes fourplexes that kind of thing Uh, but you are on your own you're fully independent 100 percent but you're not alone you are around you know obviously you're around a lot of a lot of other people and in independent living, there are a lot of you know social opportunities. Uh, you can let your hair down. You don't have to worry about mowing the lawn and scooping the snow and and uh, maintenance and all of that kind of stuff. It's all it's all taken care of for you, right? So it's uh, it's it's a very very nice uh, way of living and just not having to worry about all that stuff. All the traditional home ownership issues that, you know, go along in replacing the water heater, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they usually always offer at least one meal per day. Uh, many times I, I toured uh, some places this last week that offered uh, two meals per day. And, and some of them may even have a, a third meal available. So uh, it, usually uh, it, the majority of your meals would be covered and provided. So, again, th- that's, another, that's another area where you kind of let your hair down and let somebody else do the cooking. However, in independent living, you have a fully furnished, fully functioning kitchen. The whole thing, you've got the oven, you've got the stovetop, you've got the microwave, the, the dishwasher, obviously a refrigerator, and you can cook anything you want in, in your apartment and have at it, right? So you can do this. So you have the option. So uh, they're, they're, they're usually, there's transportation to and from you know, the grocery store or a, a run out to uh, just a, a general store like, like a Target or something like that uh, to, get, to buy stuff you know, once a week. Uh, most residents living in independent living 
uh, still drive their own car. So they're they're again, that's that you're fully independent there. So the cost of independent living is really going to hinge on you know how nice the place is. Number one, number two, how large the apartment is. So obviously, a studio apartment is going to cost less than a one bedroom. That's going to cost less than a two bedroom, et cetera, et cetera. So you can count on spending about $3,500 to maybe $5,500. That's kind of right down the middle, I think, for most places. Now, if you get into you know, larger metropolitan areas, uh, I suppose it could be you know, a little bit higher than that. If you're in more of a smaller city, smaller towns, a little more rural, it could be maybe a little bit less than that. But uh, for most places, $3,500 to $5,500 is just kind of right down the middle. Now that's for one person. Now don't 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 wreck your car, don't swerve. You're thinking, "Oh my gosh, we have to double that for two people?" No. The good, <laughs> the good news is you don't. There's something called a second person fee. And it might, so let's say if your apartment is $4,500, kind of right down the middle of that, and then your spouse is moving with you, so we have two people moving in, they might add another $800, $700, $900, maybe $1,000 uh, on for the second person fee, and that's it. So it does not, I think the, the takeaway here is it does not double, okay? It just goes up a little bit, and that's independent living. And then... If you move over into that next category, it's assisted living where there is licensure and care provided. So I mentioned a gray area because I have some of my friends out in in the business of senior living saying, well, wait a minute, we we can provide care at our independent living, right? And and they might be mad at me. Okay, well, first of all, don't be mad at me, okay, because I call that a gray area. So let me state it again. Independent living does not have state licensure. And state licensure dictates the kind of care that you can provide. And it says what you can and cannot do. And it's everything as far as as far as the license. And it and it does say what you can do. Okay, and all the limitations, et cetera, et cetera, and how you're supposed to do it, et cetera. So independent living, there's no licensure. However, in independent living, many, not all, definitely not all of them, but in many independent living communities, they have an on-site home care provider. So they're embedded. I mean, they're, they're right there in the building. So they, they've taken one of the apartments and converted it into a home care office. And then staff is in and out of that home care office. It's an additional service at an additional cost. But uh, those home care providers can simply walk down the hall and help you out with some sort of activity of daily living, some sort of a task, typically in 15-minute increments. So so that's a very cost-effective way to get a little bit of help in your independent living apartment. So that, that's a really, really great situation for a lot of people. It extends your stay in independent living, and it, and it will kind of delay your move to assisted living. Now, here's the challenge with that, <laughs> okay? So most people are going to want to be in their really nice independent living apartment. Uh, 
And then if you have this, these home care services that can come for, uh, you, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's 10 bucks for a for 15 minute increment. Okay, and you have them in for, you know, a couple of those 15-minute increments uh, a day. And then pretty soon it's four or five of those 15-minute visits. And then pretty soon it's an hour here and an hour there. What happens is at some point the math does not work because you're going to be paying, let's say, your $4,500 for, for your independent living apartment. And then all of a sudden that extra cost of care that you're getting from that on-site home care provider becomes you know at a level to where it's way more expensive than moving to assisted living receiving 24-hour care at some point the math does not work okay but just to cover that that gray area not all but many independent living apartments do have care provided by a third-party on-site home care provider, and that's a just a really good option for a lot of folks uh, before moving to assisted living. So I'll have a whole lot more about assisted living coming up next. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. To contact Steve or a guest on his show, visit SeniorCareLive.com. We'll have more coming up. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. Have a question? Visit SeniorCareLive.com. All right, so we talked about independent living and the cost, and uh, I trust that no one uh, swerved their car or choked on their coffee <laughs> and all, all of that stuff. If, if $3,500 to $5,500 a month, if, if that is you know, concerning to you, actually – uh, all over the internet, there are all these cost comparison worksheets. And if you write down, even if you don't have a mortgage, especially if you have a mortgage, you write down the cost of living in your house and the homeowner's insurance and the property taxes and the cost of maintenance and upkeep and all of the utilities. You just add all of that up and just trust me, you are spending way, way, way more than you realize you're spending. And a lot of times you add all of that up and you're like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, that's, that's not much different than this independent living apartment. Anyway, it's closer in price than you might think it is. <laughs> well, and we'll just leave that at that. So, all right, let's move on to the assisted living level of care. There is licensure at the assisted living level of care and there is, there is care provided. Now, the assisted living level of care is a social model. It is not a medical model, but there is a tremendous amount of support offered at the assisted living level of care, right? Primarily to help you with your activities of daily living. So there's another one of those abbreviations, that old acronymology. I always say I try to I try not to just assume that everyone knows what that is. So if you hear the term ADL, that stands for activities of daily living. So they can help you out with your ADLs in assisted living. They can help you minimally or fully with your bathing, dressing, grooming. They can help you use to use the toilet if you need help. And again, you may not need help with all of these things, or you may need help with all of these things, okay? And some maybe minimally, some maybe fully. So that, that's the idea is they can help you with all these things. 
they will distribute your medications, and that's uh, that's huge. And especially with some diseases like in Parkinson's, you have to take those. You have to take a lot of medicine, and it has to be on time. Otherwise, it's very disruptive, and it's uh, it's a very negative thing. So, uh, so taking your medications on time and taking them properly and taking the right ones, et cetera, et cetera, that's a big, 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 huge issue and need in the assisted living level of care. They can also help manage incontinence. But that one's a variable. So some places basically won't help much at all. Some places will help quite a bit and everything in between. So this assisted living level of care. So if you could see my graphic right now, and this needs to be on TV sometimes, <laughs> right? I, I, I give a lot of presentations. So in my graphic form, independent living is this little piece on the left, long-term care is this little piece on the right, and then there's a really wide lane in the center of my graphic that, that's the assisted living level of care because, uh, frankly, it's kind of all over the board. Some places uh, don't provide a whole lot of help. Some places provide a tremendous amount of help and everything in between. But, again, to help you with those ADLs, they also there's a full slate of activities for meaningful social engagement. Uh, there's transportation to and from your doctor's appointments. Also, doctors will come and visit you at your assisted living community, essentially making house calls. Uh, there, look, there's just there's a lot to like about the assisted living level of care, but it really they can help you with a one person transfer. Generally, now, the, okay, so as soon as I say that, there are always exceptions, but in general, assisted living ends at a one-person transfer. So one staff person can help you move from point A to point B. Once a person has weakened to the point to where they're kind of dead weight and it takes two staff people, maybe even a mechanical lift to help lift you from point A to point B, the vast majority of assisted living communities uh, would have to discharge you at that point because they're just not staffed for that. There are exceptions for sure. There are some assisted living communities that will offer that. Okay, but the vast majority of them will not. Okay, so as for the cost, there are two drivers that kind of drive the cost of assisted living. So number one, the size of the apartment. So a studio apartment is less than a one-bedroom, is less than a two-bedroom, so that makes sense. The other driver, the cost of assisted living, happens to do with how much care you require. So not all of the pricing models reflect that. Some pricing models are a flat fee for service every month, regardless of how much help you need. I would say the majority of pricing models are fall into a category of a base charge plus a level of care charge. So everyone pays a base of I'll make up a number, you know, 4,500 or whatever the number is, okay? And then the level of care charge might add $500 to $3,000, okay? And so the whole concept there is if you need just a little bit of care, you're going to pay less than someone who needs a tremendous amount of care because the person who's more independent needing just a little bit of care, you're using fewer resources, and by resources, I mean staff, time, okay, time from staff. Okay, and someone needing a tremendous amount of help is going to use, you know, maybe a few hours of staffing resources per day, and they're going to pay more for that. Okay, so the range for assisted living 
Again, hinging upon the size of your apartment and then your level of care, how much help you need is, and this this is an average, kind of right down the middle, $5,000 to $8,000 per month. And you still have your own apartment, so you have your own personal space. It could be a studio. Most of the inventory would be a studio or a one-bedroom apartment. Some places have two-bedroom apartments, uh, but usually it's a studio or a one-bedroom. So, uh, again, $5,000 to $8,000 a month. Now, you have a little bit of a gray area in assisted living. And I've heard this, oh my goodness, I don't know how many times I've heard this. Someone will call up and they'll say, well, Steve, they they said that they're an age-in-place community. And so that my dad or my mom, my spouse can live here for life. And so that's, that's great. That's what we wanted. So we moved in. And two months later, six months later, one year later, we get a discharge notice saying they can no longer meet the needs of my loved one. So did they lie to me? And I'm like, well, no, I, I wasn't there. So I, I don't know what was said. Uh, but sometimes, unfortunately, that falls into the bucket of uh, you know, overpromise, under deliver. You have to understand that uh, assisted living, you may be able to live there for your entire lifetime. And you may not. Okay, it's, it's just a fact. Uh, it's 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 also it's just a fact that a, a a pretty good percentage of assisted living residents will have to increase their care to that long term care level. Maybe next week I'll talk about the cost of long term care. But again, independent living thirty five hundred to fifty five hundred dollars a month, and assisted living five thousand to eight thousand dollars per month. And uh, again, don't choke on your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and don't swerve your car. So, uh, uh, so, so hopefully that's helpful. And I'll talk about long-term care next time around. All right, I'm Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. Join me next week right here on Senior Care Live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.